0: Uh, we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 2. Martin has already read the passage. I preached on it uh, also uh, this morning. And so uh, I'm just going to make a couple of comments. And I thought maybe uh, 45 minutes, 50 minutes, that sounded okay? No. Um, my girl said at some point this week, Dad, you better make it quick. And so <laughs> I'll do my best. But here's, here's the thought I want to start with. Longings fulfilled produce exuberant joy. Longings fulfilled produce exuberant joy. Longings fulfilled produce rejoicing or celebration. If you do not believe me, watch your children tomorrow morning when they're opening up a gift that they've been waiting for for a long, long time. If you still don't believe me, ask Cubs fans. (laughs) After 108 years of waiting... They won the World Series. I know this is a lot of baseball illustrations today if you were here this morning. But after 108 years of waiting in 2016, they won the World Series. And you don't believe there was some exuberant joy? Go look on YouTube and you'll find 80 and 90 year olds dancing and singing and celebrating on that November 2nd night. Why? Because they won. Longings fulfilled produce exuberant joy. That's why we're here tonight. We don't have a night service typically at our church, but we do tonight because we are celebrating. That's why we do Advent calendars and Christmas countdowns and lessons and carol services and services like this one because we are celebrating longings fulfilled. A lot longer than 108 years, people waited for the Messiah Jesus to come into the world. Thousands of years they waited. And he comes into the world, and when Jesus came into the world... That meant that the war was over. The war between God and man was over through the birth of Jesus. What do I mean by that? Well, that's what we're going to talk about for a minute. Look at verse 9. It's in your bulletin. One, one angel appeared and then in verse 13 we see that there was a host of angels and they're bringing a message of good news, of great joy. Look at verses 10 through 13. Notice it says good news. It doesn't say that the angels were bringing great teaching. They weren't bringing great advice to follow and you do this and you'll get your life together and Jesus will love you. Doesn't say that the angels were bringing a great program. They are bringing news, great news. What is the news? Look at verse 14. The armies of heaven come down and they say peace on on earth. To whom his favor rests, or on whom he is pleased, to really understand Christmas, you've got to understand and to re- really to understand why we have exuberant joy and while we're celebrating here this evening, you've got to understand what the Bible means when it says peace. The way the word is usually is normally used it's not the peaceful, easy feeling. It doesn't mean that you'll have a troubled free life. Peace in the Bible means the end of warfare. It means that the end of hostility has come. You might ask, well, what's the war? What's the hostility? Well, the Bible says there is hostility between God and man. Man has sinned. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And our sin and rebellion against God has put us at war with him. And so we need something. We need peace with God. And the natural human heart, uh, our tendency, in its natural state, it's a bent against God. In its natural state, there's hostility in our heart against God. And it's expressed in a couple of different ways. But one way is... it is expressed as we want to be our own savior. We want to be our own God. We want to be independent of God. We do it very openly, maybe even shaking our fist at God, saying no one's going to tell me how to live my life and tell me what to do. That's hostility towards God. Or, very suddenly, hostility towards God can also be through being very religious you can say, I'm going to be good enough and I'm going to obey all the rules and do all the things that I'm supposed to do. And very subconsciously, maybe not consciously, but under the radar we say, now God, you got to bless me. Look at all the things that I've done for you. Now you owe me And so we put God in our debt. That's not loving God. That is controlling God, not trusting Him. Both of those ways of living... Or hostility towards God. Because we, in both of those cases, we're trying to be our own savior. And the reason why we're celebrating here this evening is because you don't have to be your own savior. It's because Jesus has come to be your savior. Remember, hark the herald angels sing, peace on earth and mercy mild. Remember the next words, God and sinner reconciled. Friends, we can never experience God with us. Think about God with us. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. Emmanuel, God with us. You cannot experience, just look at the Old Testament, God with us without a mediator. We couldn't handle it. And so Jesus came and took on flesh. God took on flesh in the person of Jesus to be the perfect mediator for our hostility between us and God. Jesus comes and he lives a perfect life. He lives the life that we could never live because of our sin. We could not live a perfect life. And he dies the death that we deserve. And through Jesus and the wrath of God being poured out on him on the cross, that ended the war. That ended the hostility. And because of that, we have peace with God through the life and death of Jesus. That was the long-awaited promise coming to fruition. And because of that, we have great joy. And the Bible says that that is the most fundamental peace. Peace with God is the most important peace that you can have because it's that peace that leads to peace in every other area of your life. It's through peace with God that you can have peace with the people around you that you're at odds with. It's through peace with God that is the only peace in the world that really matters. And therefore, we don't have to start and go looking for peace in everywhere else in this life, which we often try to do. We don't have to go looking for peace in a new spouse or in new possessions or in more wealth or finding the right job because you have the only peace in the world that really matters. And so then the question becomes, how do you get it? How do you get this peace? How do you end the war? Well, you've got to give up. Christmas, if it means anything, is the end of you thinking that you can get to heaven on your own. The only way that you get this peace that is talked about in this passage is through realizing that you're weak and you're needy and that you cannot save yourself. I have a friend of mine who told me this story when they were coming home from Thanksgiving break. They pull in the driveway, they're unloading the van, and all of his kids run into the house and their three-year-old runs to the other side of the house. It's pitch dark, and he runs into that wing of the house and then comes back, and they're unloading, and his son, the three-year-old, is whimpering and kind of crying, and, but they're unloading, and they think that's kind of annoying at the time, and so they just kind of, whatever, they start doing their own thing, unloading the car. He leaves and scurries and goes and runs on the other side of the house again, comes back, does it another time, He comes back, he's whimpering. So finally, my friend, his father, leans down and says, what is wrong? And he says, my room is dark. And his father walks back to his room and he has his son by the hand and he turns on the light switch. His father turns on the light switch to which the three-year-old exclaims, my toys! (laughs) The message of Christmas. Is that it's dark. And you can't reach the light switch. And Jesus had to come into the world and turn the lights on for you. You see, to get this peace, you've got to turn from your old ways and realize that in and of yourself, you cannot make peace with God. But you've got to rest in Jesus who made that peace for you. Are you celebrating this Christmas? Are you celebrating? Or is Christmas boring to you? Friends, if Christmas is boring to you, you're either full of pride or you've totally missed something about the Christmas story. We celebrate exuberant joy this evening because the long-awaited Messiah has come into the world. And in His coming into the world, He has brought peace between God and man. That's why we're here. Let's pray. Father, thank you for coming into the world and for doing what we could never do on our own. Thank you for living the life that we could not live and for dying the death that we deserved. If there are those here this evening that do not know you, I pray that you would give them faith, Give them ears to hear and eyes to see. And for those who have been coming to services like this for as long as they can remember, I pray that you would take this story and drive it deep into our hearts and renew us with the Christmas story this Christmas. We ask that you would do these things in Jesus' name. Amen.